Welcome to the Digital Coffee Date, created and hosted by Jessica Rosado, writer, producer, content creator, and entrepreneur. This podcast is your weekly inspirational dose of incredible women who are making a powerful global footprint. Our conversations feature different women from all walks of life who share their experiences through both successes and failures alike. These stories empower and encourage the female footprint in a society originally structured for them to fail. Whether it be through philanthropy, entrepreneurship, or even the corporate ladder, women are creating a global footprint that will impact the future. This week's digital coffee date is with R&B and soul artist, songwriter, and domestic violence activist, Rosen. Hey, Rosen. How you doing, girl? What's up? What's up? I'm doing so good. Thank you so much for having me on here. Yes, I'm so excited to have you on a Woman's Worth podcast. We have some really great things to talk about today. Yes. So you are an incredible R&B and soul artist, but your music serves a deeper purpose and comes from a deep-rooted experience. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so... Ah, the deep rooted experience. Yes. Um, honestly, my my mom hates every time I talk about it, but I'm like, mom, I have to talk about it. It's my truth. Um, it's something that happened to me and it happens in one in four people in the United States. Um, it happens every nine seconds, but that's domestic violence. So I left that relationship six years ago now. That's wow. crazy to say that out loud. Like six years ago, I left that relationship and... Um, It started off like verbal abuse, but then it quickly spiraled into mental, emotional, gaslighting abuse, and especially physical abuse by the time I moved in with him Mm -hmm. in 2014. It was just, it was, it took over my whole life. It, you know, it pushed me away from everyone. He completely isolated me. Yeah, it was just the, the perfect, he was like the perfect abuser. It was like the, 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 the textbook abuser. If you Googled it, that's what it was. It, it, that's the scariest part is that people are like that. And sometimes it acts, it only comes out once you meet that right person. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately I was the trigger, you know? So it was a dark chapter in my life. Yeah. Wow. And so your music sort of serves that that purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what you've gone through, your music kind of translate. I think I saw um, a quote that you had and it said, I believe that my purpose is to heal through my music. Exactly. So I was right before Pages came out, that's the uh, title of the two-part EP and it's called Pages because um, it was inspired by the pages of my journal. Mm. And even though no human being close to me, I, I like knew what was going on with me. Nobody knew. The only entity that knew all of those secrets was my diary, really. And it was the only place where I could spill my truth mm-hmm. without, you know, without the fear of judgment. Um, and it all just resided right there in those pages. And I was like, you know what? I have this strong passion to turn my diary into lyrics. Like I want to take journal entries and turn it into music and make it a whole confession of something that I had not revealed to anyone. And that was my way of like coming out and sharing my truth and sharing my story. And um, I believe that my purpose ultimately was to share what happened to me because I have a voice and I never really knew what to do with my voice. I always knew I could sing. I always knew I had something to say, but what was it? And now it became really, really clear to me, you know, like what sets you apart from everyone else is your story and your willingness to be vulnerable and talk about something that is really, really dark. And it's not sexy. Talking about domestic violence is not sexy at all, but I'm willing to talk about it, you know? Yeah. And I think that there's power in that, you know, um, I myself have survived through a domestic violence experience and, you know, that, that sort of 
you know, when you, when you dig deeper and you peel the onion that is domestic violence and you kind of see how things can, um, evolve to get to those certain places, you know, you, we talk about, you know, the, the verbal abuse and then it's, you know, emotional or it's emotional and then verbal and, you know, then it just kind of escalates into what it is. And, you know, I remember really, struggling with, you know, is this something I want people to know? You know, is this something I want to talk about? Because, you know, what are people going to think? What are people going to say? Mm -hmm. What does it say about me? You know, the first thing you think of is people are going to wonder, well, why were you in that to begin with? Why did you allow those things? And Mm -hmm. why would you, you know, and so you have all of these different things that, that, Oftentimes, it seems like it's so much easier to keep it to yourself. It seems like, oh, this, I would just keep this a secret or I'll just, I don't need to tell anyone. But the truth is, I found that it was just as liberating and just as, you know, necessary for healing to be able to work through it and talk about it and share that with other people Absolutely, because you, you never know what anyone else is going through. And I think when people see that you've overcome something like this, they go, if they're going through the same thing, they go, wow, this is possible. Exactly. Exactly. I am right there with you. And that's exactly the you know, the why behind all of it. It's like, why are you saying all of these things? Why are you owning this truth and making it essentially a part of who you are and a part of your brand as an artist, you know, as an R&B artist? I basically came out as a soloist by saying, hey, what's up? My name's Rosen. And yeah, I survived domestic violence. You know what I mean? That yeah, was the, yeah. my and initial. Powerful. Yeah. And I was, I did that on purpose because I wanted my fans and my listeners to know one thing about me, which is I'm always going to keep it real with you. I'm always going to tell you exactly where I pull my inspiration from because it's life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What is our biggest inspiration? What, what drives artists? And, and that the answer to that question is really pain and darkness. And Mm -hmm. a lot of beautiful things come from, artists diving into their truth and diving into that darkness. And it's like, you know, it's a weird, crazy, beautiful, twisted circle of life. You know what I mean? And yeah. And, and truly, I think it's art too, you know, uh as just even being in, in theater and, you know, having that performing arts background, you know, a lot of times to do something like, like a specific role, you know, that requires a lot of emotion, you've got to tap into some dark places Mm -hmm. to get there. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting to be able to almost use those kinds of things like, you know, music, like theater, like, you know, just art on paper, on canvas, you know, and you're just kind of talking and feeling those things through Mm -hmm. that and turning it into something creative. I mean, I think the whole process itself is, is beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's like therapy. It's your own therapy. And I can honestly tell you that, you know, God, it was, it was three years before I finally was like, Oh crap. Like I need to come out and talk about this because people would ask me what happened with my ex. And I, wouldn't be able to say words. I wouldn't be able to, I I just, I just couldn't talk about it because I was like, Oh my God, I could only think of one thing that you don't Mm -hmm. know that I know very, very well. And, you know, I would have panic attacks and I was like, okay, this is a problem. Like I would, I would smell cologne that was his scent, or I would Mm -hmm. see someone that looked like him that dressed like him. And I would, it would break me down. Like I Mm -hmm. ran out of this cafe one time because I literally thought I saw my ex and I ran out on a meeting. It was a meeting between me and someone else. And I literally ran out. So I was like, okay, girl, this is bad. Like let's, let's assess like what's going on, you know? Right. Let's process. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And honestly, no books, no, no amount of conversation helped as much as literally going through the creative process of turning that pain into art and turning, you know, coming up with the melodies to articulate the way I said this in my journal. It was a whole beautiful process and and it took the pain out of it and it put, it replaced the pain with art 
and creativity. Wow. And it allowed me to address what happened without feeling any of the pain. And that like, it's, it's beautiful. Cause I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe mm-hmm. I actually curated this healing process for myself. And it freaking worked like what? You know, yeah, that and that's so true. I mean, everyone's, you know, matter what the trauma is, you know, I think everyone's healing process is different mm-hmm. depending on the person and what's going to, you know, what what their process is going to be like to be able to, you know, overcome their challenge or their experience of what happened. Right. Um, you know, for me, it was talking to other people. It was therapy. It was Mm -hmm. processing through a lot of different things. And, you know, to be able to come to a place where, you know, you kind of look back and go, oh my goodness, like you said, six years, right? Like you, you look back and go, wow. You know, and it almost gives you this, not almost, I will say it absolutely gives you this sense of power and like, I, I just, I came through that. And I, I mean, I walked through that fire, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and I think it's a beautiful thing. And with you, you know, music, you know, music came from it. I think it's, it's so, so amazing. Thank you. Um, Yes. So, you know, what sort of impact have you seen your music have on other women? Oh my gosh. Uh, gosh, every time before a show I and after I have to, seriously tap in and do a mental check with myself Mm -hmm. and like remind myself like you're gonna hear some stories right after you get off that stage by the time you get to sit down and have like a drink to celebrate you're gonna hear a dozen stories and I have to mentally prepare myself for those moments because it's uh, to put you in my shoes, it's like I I warm up, I get in my little zen mode and I get on stage, do my thing, sing it out. And then I by the time I even like get off stage and make a few steps towards any direction, someone will come up to me and they'll they'll tell me I survived, too. And then I give them a hug and they just start pouring out what happened to them to wow. me verbally right then and there as if I had been a part of their life in such a long time. And what I realized was me singing about it and bearing it all on stage so openly gave other people permission to say me too and tell me why me too. And that's the scariest part because, you know, diving into the creative process and going down that rabbit hole of like, let me expose myself and let me share this vulnerability with the world. You don't stop to think, oh my God, what are live shows going to be like? What are people Mm going to say? How are people going to react? I just hoped that people would receive it in a positive way, which they did, but I did not prepare for that. Like I didn't prepare for people to tell me these, ah, these vivid stories and they, they're so heartbreaking. Like, and you have to be strong. Like Mm -hmm. while these people are literally putting it out there for you, like in the midst of you celebrating, like, yay, I just did a show. You have to empathize with these people because like right. you, you, you curated this space and you need to be attentive to these people who are sharing their vulnerabilities. Like you get to share, they get to share too. I didn't realize it would kind of be a, like a therapy session, yeah, like a free yeah. for all therapy session basically. And um, yeah. So just to answer how, how, it affects people. It really just, it's that it's to, it's that image after every show, after every song that happens. And it's like, Oh my gosh, I, I said yes to this. I said yes to this. And it's a beautiful thing, but does it hurt? Oh my God. Yeah. Like almost every, after every show I cry because I pray on the things that I learned about other, other people. And like humans are beautiful. People's stories are beautiful. Their families, their loved ones. It's all so beautiful. It's life, you know, and, mm-hmm. and to hear about their broken pieces of their life, it, ah, uh, it just, it just reminds you how cruel this world can be sometimes. And you have yeah. to like pull yourself out of that every right. night. So yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing, but it's also very heavy. Um, yeah, it's not all dark. Like right. it's not all dark, but yeah, like it's it's something 
it's a beautiful dark thing yeah. because you know that you're helping people, but it's dark in a sense of like you bear that energy mm-hmm. after a while. I I just absorb everyone's dark stories, right. you know, and I'm like, oh my God, my brain is about to explode as well as my heart. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, that says how brave and how strong you are as a person as well Aww. to be able to, you know, create like you are creating a space that tells women it's okay to speak about this it's okay to be here in this space and wherever you are if whatever you're going through you know if if you've gone through these things it's okay to bear your heart out and speak about it and be vulnerable. You're creating that sense of, of security and letting women know that it's okay to be there. Right. And, um, and I think that you having, you know, the ability to, you know, hear these stories and yes, you're, you're affected by it as well, but to have that and take that on when you're doing shows after show after show, and you know, you're, you have these women come up to you and, you know, people that are just like, Hey, your, your music is touching my life. And they share, like you said, these beautiful broken pieces, Mm -hmm. you know, with you, I think that there's strength you know, to be able to take that on and have that sort of empathy for people. Um, so it's a beautiful thing what you're doing. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. I, it's, uh, I mean, I always like to say this story because a lot of people are like, why, why did you just wake up and decide to take on this role? And I say take on this role because like I kind of became the unofficial big sister that 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 people can confide in and mm-hmm. run to and share their dark, you know, abusive stories. Like right. it is what it is. They I my DMs are full of of those stories and poetry and and written works from people that are like, hey, I, I kind of wanted to do something similar. Could you read this? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's you know it's you don't prepare for that. But I definitely kind of walked in, stepped into this role. Um, and it's ironic because, uh, I actually was meditating for like 40 something days, trying to meditate on my purpose and find out like, should I do this? Like, should I entertain this voice in the back of my head? That's telling me, turn your pages from your journal into music go like don't don't mm-hmm. ask just go and in my mind i like to think that's god mm-hmm. like that voice in the back of my head that has no business being there because right, i'm not right. thinking it i'm like i'm not thinking this like why why is this in my mind yes, how did you get yeah. there and i'm like god is that you so that's what i <laughs> <laughs> that's what i like to believe mm-hmm. um but when i was meditating at like the very last day of meditating i was just trying to focus on like what is your purpose what is your purpose and I started bawling, crying because I thought of my Lola and Lola means grandmother in um, Filipino. Mm -hmm. And um, my Lola, before she passed, she always would ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? And the last thing I told her was, I want to be a nurse. And she goes, but you told me you wanted to be a singer before. And I was like, yes, I want to be a singing nurse. I was like, I want to heal people back to health, but with my voice. And that's what I told her before she passed. And during my meditation, that image flashed in my mind. And I completely forgot that memory. I didn't even know I had that in the back of my mind, but it was like a flashlight just flashed. And I just started crying. And and I realized like your purpose is exactly that. That little girl that said she was going to do that. That's what you need to do. And so like, I just, I took that and ran with it until it was fully executed. And, um, yeah. And it wow, just kind of became so beautiful. Yeah. It kind of became exactly that. Yeah. So, well, I mean, you've, you've absolutely overcome adversity, you know, and you have been really victorious in it. And to be able to do that, I think is an incredible thing. So, can you talk about what challenges you have faced or still face in the music industry, primarily when using your public platform to discuss such a stigmatized topic mm. like domestic violence? Uh-huh. That is an amazing question. Um, well, it's kind of like I the the problem that I have 
like experienced after gathering lots and lots of observation for the past year of performing, I noticed like, oh, people don't want me in the club. They don't want me in the club singing this stuff. Mm, They don't because it's not sexy. Like it's not sexy. And I mean, that's great. I mean, that's, that's, that's whatever you want to feel. That's however people want to take it. However you want to digest my material is however you want to do it. No, you know, no harm or foul in that. Mm -hmm. That's fine to each their own. But it's also before it used to upset me, like, oh my gosh, I can't play at these venues that are more nightlife like, right? Because simply my music doesn't cater to that sound. Mm -hmm. It's not you no, you're not going to be banging your head to like me singing about my sad story. I get it. But it's also it's also been a tool to drive me towards my fans mm-hmm. because it, it shows me where my listeners are and where people expect me to play and people expect me to sing. And I've noticed that the more intimate shows and the more stripped down, the more raw, the more in your face shows are the ones that. um receive it way, way, way better. And, um, I think the biggest show that I had was pretty recent was at the, uh, house of blues. Okay. Yeah. And oh my God, like I was so scared. Cause I was like, Oh my God, how are they going to handle this yeah. music? Like how are, how are they going to gravitate towards it? And people were like, people praised me after that. And it, it really, oh, really touched me amazing. because I, Yeah, like a lot of people would just come up to me and that's the show that I was actually referring to where uh, they would just come up to me and tell me their stories. Like I couldn't even make it to the back where I was sitting to just just take a second for myself because, yeah, I was like, okay, great. Like, this is great. I can do the big venues. It's more like which big venues are going to give me a chance. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, A lot of the conversations that I've had um, with different women on this series, you know, we, a lot of people have brought up in terms of your demographic or your market, like who it is that you're speaking to, who it is that you're using your platform for. And, you know, I think as entrepreneurs, as you know, and, and, and not just entrepreneurs, you know, musicians, anybody, I think in any industry, you kind of originally take whatever concept you have or whatever business you're doing. And you think, okay, if I, if I, I just want to reach everybody, I just want to talk to everybody and reach everybody. But the reality Mm -hmm. is, you know, you're going to have a specific type of people that you're going to witness to, that you're going to be a testimony to, that they're going to listen and they're going to want to know your story. And I think the more that Mm -hmm. you become clear on that and you kind of hone in on that, you know, yeah, your music isn't going to be for everybody in the nightclubs, but there are going to be venues that even house thousands and hundreds of thousands of people that will listen to your music, right? you know? So it just, it just, it's almost like, yeah, it may not be, we may not be, you know, headbanging to that kind of music, Mm -hmm. but we'll definitely, Mm -hmm. you know, be listening. And I think that, that, that's something for sure to, to remember that, you know, just because it's not that specific sound or this specific sound, it's your sound. Right. And that's what people are going to want to hear. So on a Women's Worth podcast, you know, we talk about this current societal shift where more and more women are united Mm -hmm. and speaking out about heavy topics like domestic violence and sexual assault. Mm -hmm. So how does sharing your story and how do you feel sharing your story encourages these kinds of conversations? Ooh, um, I think just being open and sharing my story it ignites a fire in all the young women that have experienced anything, a fraction of what we've experienced, you know, whether it's sexual abuse or emotional abuse or gaslighting abuse or domestic violence in the home. That is so common, unfortunately. Yeah. And a lot of teens and, you know, middle schoolers, they don't come out and talk about it. It's just a part of who they are that they suppress. Mm-hmm. So when they hear women like us who who carry ourselves in a certain way, who smile, who do things with pride and and speak out um, with our light and with our purpose, it inspires them like, oh, crap, like I can do this, too. Like, yes. oh, my gosh, like Jessica's tight. Do you see her with her <laughs> podcast? Like, that's amazing that she's doing that. Like, I can totally do that. I think 
Like, I, I think I could do that. Yeah, and then yeah. on my end, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, wait, that happened to her too. Right. And she's singing about it and it's okay. And people still like her and people still listen to her music. Like, great. It, it sheds a light and it gives mm-hmm. people permission to dream more, I think. Yes. Yes. And there's power in community. And that's oh, something yeah. I always talk about. Like there is strength in numbers. Like Girl, there, yes. you know, when you've got a team, you've got a support system, you've got a sisterhood, you've got, you know, people in your corner. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it is a powerful thing. And I think that's at the root of why it's so important to have these kinds of conversations Oh yeah, and why it's so important to talk about these sorts of traumas because, it allows that space for where you have resources now you have a way through it mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and so i i think it's a beautiful thing yes okay so two things that you said you said it takes like you know it it's a community effort I couldn't agree with you more. I really live on the it takes a village quote because it's like it really, really does. It takes a village. (laughs) It really does. Like, I am not afraid to raise my hand and say like, hey, I need help. Are you down? No. Okay. Like, I will find my village and every no leads to a yes. You know, you're like, okay, well, you're not down. You're not down. Somebody else has to be down to ride with me, to be a part Mm -hmm. of my team, to showcase my art, to mix my music. You know what I'm saying? Like to be the producer on this EP that talks all about domestic violence. Like I had to find those people and, and it's not easy, you know, even the producer admitted to me, he was like, I was actually really nervous. Cause like, I mean, like you're singing about pretty dark stuff. I was like, oh my God. I was like, wait, really? Like, I didn't know that that's how you felt. And he was like, right. At the release party, he was like, oh, thank God that sounded, oh God, that sounded great. Like, thank God. Cause I was, I was like kind of scared. Like, this is some vulnerable shit. All the time he's like sweating. Like, yes. And I was like, oh, thank you for like telling me that. Like, that's awesome. I love hearing stories like that, but yeah, Yeah. it does take a village. Um, people need to support you. People need to, you know, support their local artists, support the people that, you know, are doing this for a living. Mm -hmm. Like if I knew you had a podcast, I'd be like, okay, girl, when is your next podcast? I'm a stream that stuff. Right. I'm a share it because why are you waiting to jump on the bandwagon when they've already made it? Why don't you join them on their journey Mm -hmm. to make it all the way to the top so that you can be a part of that village? You could be a part of the story as opposed to when, like as opposed to when I am on tour and selling out stadium shows, all of a sudden, all the people come out of the woodworks from high school, middle school, saying that they know me. Oh, like, yeah, hey. oh my God. I knew you would do it. I knew you would kill yeah. it, girl. Mm. That's when that's when you give that side yeah, eye. I'm like, mm. I like, I need to look in the yearbook to find out who you are. Yeah. Like, and that's totally happened. I'm mm-hmm. like, mm, as soon as I drop the ball for a second, yep. you. They are so quick to unfollow. They are so quick to ignore. You know what I mean? Yes. But- it's so it's so funny. Like I even even just in like a small scale, you know, in in regards to social media, you know, I'll have I'll I'll give you an example. I'll post a picture, you know, that's fashiony and it's it's like a, you know, pretty picture. I'll post it and, you know, the engagement and people reaching out is like all there, right? And then the minute I post something meaningful that talks about, hey, like, you know, donate to said, you know, domestic violence organization or mm-hmm. wear purple or do something, it's like like just drops like everybody's gone and I was just talking about this with someone the other day I was like I don't understand why it just I mean I understand it it's a clear depiction of you know us as a society kind of getting sidetracked with the things that Mm -hmm. aren't really of importance and just Mm -hmm. like what looks you know nice as opposed to what means something Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, and it's just interesting you know it kind of goes along with that same concept of you know support your people, like support your community, support, you know, your local women doing stuff that, that are impacting other lives. You know, there's meaning behind that. There's, you know, there's so much that you can get from helping other people. And in turn, you're helped with something that you might need or whatever the case is, you know, I think, you know, kind of being on your own Island, 
you know, that there's no, there's no power in that. And it's, and it's not only is it lonely, but when you really need help, um, you know, it's, it's, you'll be hard pressed to find that kind of help, you know? mm -hmm. I know. And gosh, like I'm right now, I'm like scratching my head, trying to brainstorm how to make the topic of domestic violence sexy. And I know that sounds crazy, but like, I kind of want to play with the branding behind that just so that you can catch people's Mm -hmm. attention, right? Whether it's lining up a bomb squad of beautiful women who survived and, and showcasing their beauty, both internal and external, because there are some beautiful women that it breaks my heart to say like, wow, they were, they've experienced some of the more, more gruesome things that I've ever heard in in terms of abuse and Mm -hmm. physical abuse and they're badasses. And the going back to your previous question, I think we need to plant these seeds and have these conversations with more women because a it gives younger women the green light to hug their fellow girl next to them instead of pushing them away and being catty. Mm-hmm. That needs to be a change and I think that change is starting to happen and I think we yes. should persevere and keep, you know, keep lighting that flame, mm-hmm. but it also it also ignites these young women to be warriors like us Mm -hmm. and carry that torch and, you know, raise their voices for the greater good and change what's currently seen on TV and what's currently cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it bleeds into, it takes a village. It takes the producers and the, the event curators, all these people, the, it takes them to say, yes, let's go ahead and put, Rosen on the lineup, like her topic is beautiful mm-hmm. and it has an amazing message. And I know the people would, you know, resonate, it would resonate well with them, but it takes that one person to, to make that shift right. or to make that suggestion in every entity of entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's the village that we're talking about. Like we need these women to rise up and feel like it's okay to speak up coming from that place of like, oh yeah, me too, girl. I know, like, I know we've been through that. So I sympathize with you. I empathize with you. Yes. I'm going to give you this green light. And we do it all the time. Like this mm-hmm. podcast session, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Absolutely. And we just need to continue to do that on a grander scale. And I believe that slowly but surely we'd be able to impact the world like that. Well, on a side note, as soon as you said, I've been toying with the idea to make domestic violence sexy, (laughs) my brain literally, and this is before you even like, you know how things happen in the brain where it's a a quick snapshot. (laughs) I literally just envisioned like, just like bomb women Mm -hmm. who have like gone through that almost like as a certain campaign. And then you literally just started to say that. So there's a confirmation for you to absolutely go with that that concept and and see what creatively you can, you know, come up with. And I think that would be incredible. Yeah. You know, and almost like shock value in that, you know, because it's like, oh, that's Mm -hmm, what people mm -hmm. like and want to see. And it's like, oh, wait, there's a message behind here, folks. Right. Yeah. There's a message. And, (laughs) you know, you know, there's no there's no harm in owning your body and and owning your sexy in in your own unique way. Absolutely. You know, there's you could be tasteful and be sexy with it you know yes, and yes. that and I think that would be my mind is just blown right now just brainstorming I'm going down that rabbit hole like in my mind right now and I'm like thinking of these yes you know I encourage you to continue down yes. the rabbit hole and come up with just like creative you know concepts for that I yeah. think it would be amazing so you know, while there is power in sharing the stories that were catalysts for us in, you know, personal, professional, and even our spiritual growth, um, there is also power in talking about how we function after we've healed from traumas or learned experiences. Mm -hmm. So you have a partner, correct? Yes. All right. So as a domestic violence survivor, what is it like falling in love again? You know, being in a relationship, being mm-hmm. intimate with someone new. Wow. Um, he's seen me through it all. Every single phase, like he he was there. He was the same guy. He's been the same boyfriend throughout this entire healing process. And you know, intimacy looks different throughout that course of time between then and now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was first I was thinking like, 
initially I'm like, I don't know if I can even be with someone else. Like, how can I let my guard down so quickly and let someone back into my life, let alone in my bed? Right. Um, after, you know, after a lot of dark things happened in this bed, I actually had to, you know, replace that bed because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, I realize I am laying in the same yeah. filth that was my past. Like, I need to burn everything. Like, yeah. I need to let go of all of this and start new, you know, if not for me, then for my partner. You don't ever yeah. want to think about that stuff. Right. You know, of course, um, of course. Yeah. So it was just tough being OK giving myself the permission to love again, you know, like, are, mm-hmm. are, do I feel guilty? Yes. Do I feel like I'm not ready? Yes. But what I admire about my boyfriend so much is he didn't take no for an answer, but in the best way, because he was like, you can't do this alone. And I'm not going to overstep your healing process, but I'm going to be there with you. Even if I sit in silence with you, Aww. I will be there for you. You know, like I'm, I'm gonna be the rock that holds you steady, that grounds you while you cry, while you scream, while you experience all those phases, you know, Mm -hmm. I had to shed a huge part of myself. And, um, I think he was very patient in loving me and he was very unconditional and is still very unconditional with his love. Um, he never forced me You know, he never forced me to be intimate with him in any way, shape or form, just whenever I was ready. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's a very gentle kind of love, a very safe kind of love. Nothing. Yeah, nothing that he was very careful with the way that he showed his love for me, both, you know, intimately and just just on a normal day to day level. It was always very gentle. Right. And um because little triggers happen. Like oh, one course. day, <laughs> little triggers happen. One day, this is funny now, but <laughs> then it was not funny at all. Uh-huh. Um, we obviously, we live together. So we're like sleeping in bed and this fool like goes to grab the pillow next to me. But he, like, you know, when you like are grabbing something, but you're moving too fast and yeah. you lose the grip and yeah. your fist just goes flying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, my face was like the closest thing. next to the damn pillow so I'm asleep girl I am asleep and he just goes thump right on my face and it's funny now but back then I was like oh my god I woke up like screaming and having flashbacks yeah of of some really dark Dark stuff stuff, and he had to yeah he had to like ground me and say like it's okay it's me like look at me touch my face like feel my hands it's 2019. Right. You're here with me. Like, look, this is our dog. This is our home. This is Aww. you and me. Like, it's not the past. It's okay. Like, breathe. It's fine. And I had to, like, I had went from, like, hating him instantly. Like, why would you do that? To, like, realizing it was an accident. Yeah. Like, it's an accident. These things happen. And I am still fragile in, in many cases. Mm-hmm. But, you know, those are instances that happen in the bed, you know what I mean? Like in a place that is supposed to be, that is, that marks, you know, intimacy. That is the spot. X marks the spot. That's where all the magic happens. But like, sometimes it's not that sexy, you know, like if he, if he hits me like accidentally in the middle of an intimate moment, it may really throw me off. Like I will sit up and, and take a second to breathe and recenter myself. And And it sucks for him because it's like, oh, my God, like, great. Like, this gets in the way again. But then it's it's like you signed up for this. You told me that this was okay. So, again, it's a very patient, very gentle, safe type of love. Nothing, you know, and like, I, I don't even know how to say this, but it doesn't even border on the line of like. Uh, the the. The uh, how do I say this? Like the kinky fetishes where people I got you. Are more, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, oh, I'm gonna choke you. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> eh. N- no, like we can't do that. Yeah, yeah. Because for me, I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, yes, oh my god, this yeah. is too real. I mean, if yeah. you think about it, it's you know we, we talk about 
post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, PTSD and, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. and the essential, you know, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychologist, but the premise behind that is that you go through a specific trauma and then there are certain reactions yeah. that you have that are innate, whether, you know, your your mind goes a mile a minute for something and, you know, you get flashbacks or, you know, your body physically reacts to something. Gosh, and, yeah. you know, I think survivors of domestic violence, I think we all go through are triggers, you'll call them, you know, where mm-hmm. there's certain things that kind of put you right back. Yes, and so yes. the important thing and the reason why working through that afterwards and going through whether it's therapy, whether it's talking to someone, you know, whatever it is for you, it's it's important to do that so that when those triggers arise or when those flashbacks come, you can't you know how to deal with them and you can deal with them mm-hmm. in a healthy way. Yes. And yes, yes. you know, be able to keep it moving. But I think the conversation of like I said, that that idea of of the moving forward and the moving past it is so important to have mm-hmm. as well because it's important to see, you know, just because that's your story doesn't mean you're not going to date again. Doesn't mean right. that you're not going to be intimate with mm-hmm. someone again. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you're not going to find your significant other, yeah. get married, have the babies, you know, yes, like the whole yes. nine, you know. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's, it's definitely important. And I'm, and that's why I asked you that question because, you know, I think more women need to hear that, especially when they've, when they've gone through something similar, you know, that there is light at the end of the tunnel for someone else to love you the right way and a healthy way. Yes. You know, oh my gosh, I, I really want to give a shout out to all the single ladies. Okay. (laughs) The ones, the ones that are in the same boat, the ones that have experienced that, you know, the darkness of abuse, no matter what shape it is, like you, people can love you again. Like you are lovable, you know? And I, and my boyfriend has reminded me time and time again, you know, with his unconditional love, he says, that was your past. That's not who you are now. That's not, no, that's, I love you despite all of that. And because of all of that, you've become Mm -hmm. this beautiful human because of that. And, you know, I'm not going to judge you for that. You're not gross. You're not disgusting because I would feel all of those things like I felt violated at one point Mm -hmm. in my life. You know, when the bed was not a place of, you know, pleasure. It was a place Mm -hmm. of torture, you know, it was, you know, and so. He he has to remind you and whoever it is that will love you, they have to be gentle and patient. You know, Mm -hmm. it really is, you know, love is patient. Love is kind. I really do believe that. Um, except from the Bible. And I think it's important too to go to, you know, I and this is just a, a side note in terms of, you know, someone who's been through something like that and then, you know, decides to date, you know, afterwards, you know, you don't have to tell everybody, you know, or every guy you date what your story is. Right. But but feel empowered that if you want to, you can, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But feel empowered that when the right person comes along, you should be able to share that with that person. Mm-hmm. And it should be something that they know because one of the important things about that is them they will be, if they're loving you the right way and the unconditional way and the healthy way, they're going to take that information, not use it against you, but be kinder and and more, I would say, aware of the certain things that you might go through or that mm-hmm. you might have come up. And it's important to be able to communicate that with your partner. Exactly. And that goes with the whole onion uh, metaphor, you know, you, you peel someone back one layer at a time, you get closer and closer to their core. Yes. And that's like a, that's like a gift. The me telling somebody that that part of my life, that's that's not Mm -hmm. something that you earn so quickly. That's part of trust. And you know, you have to build on that and not everybody deserves 
the fullest, like the most whole version and description of you because you have to protect your energy. You can't give your truth up to everyone that's willing to listen. Sometimes those you come across, you have to come across a lot of frogs before you finally find your prince. Right. So it's to very speak. true. Very true. Yeah. So along with your music, you know, you are also a keynote speaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you see or what would you like to see with both music and keynote speaking in the future? Um, as far as the future holds for that combination, I I want to continue doing what I do, which is travel to different universities across the U.S. And what I normally do is I started off with, um, I either, I, I like to flip it sometimes, but I, the last time I did this at Georgetown University was I had my talk, like I broke it down. I sat down with all the university students and I told them my story. I told them, you know, my raw truth. And then I ended it with, so you know, I'm an R&B singer and I live in L.A. and I'm just going to give you a snippet of my show. Is that cool with you guys? And they're always like, yes. And I just <laughs> and like, I perform for them. <laughs> yeah. So I bring the show to them. And then um, after every song, I go to the crowd and I say, what did you hear? And they tell me what they heard and they they kind of dive into that healing process with me. Like, oh, my gosh, that's what she was feeling when she wrote this song. Like, uh, I think this song is about uh, sexual abuse. And I tell them like, yeah, actually this is talking about rape. This is talking about this, 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 and that. And they share that moment, you know, behind Mm -hmm. closed doors with me, so to speak. And then I do the other song. So, um, you really make it an experience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's a full full on immersive experience. Cause, um, as much as I am an R and B artist, I, I really do see myself as just a creator Mm -hmm. and I love curating experiences like that. I don't want to just stand up there and be like, okay, so this is a song I wrote. So today class. (laughs) (laughs) No, like I want to be the cool teacher. You know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. So I want more and more and more moments like that, you know, on a grander scale. I want to go to more universities. I want bigger crowds. And, you know, as much as I will continue to make more music, this role of my you know singing meets keynote speaking is immortalized by that music and I can continue to sing that music for this purpose for the rest of my life while I sing other shows with my other music you know what I mean like I still have that music and it's it'll live there forever well what is the best way someone can listen to your music and connect with you you know to see where you might be speaking at next I would definitely say my website is like the hub for all of that. So officialrosen.com and Rosen is spelled exactly like frozen, but without the F. So (laughs) that's really easy to remember. And um, there's a whole page that lists all of my upcoming shows. And there's a whole page that lists all of my music and where you can find it. So yeah, officialrosen.com. Really easy. That is amazing. Mm -hmm. So I always like to close with... Um, you know, close out our digital coffee dates with (laughs) advice or words of wisdom. So what would you say to someone who has gone through a trauma of their own and maybe feels like the walls of life are just pretty much caving in? Ooh, what would I say to someone who's gone through a trauma and they like, they feel like giving up. Like they just feel like, yeah, there's like, they just feel just so helpless. Oh my gosh. I would, I would just shake them and tell them (laughs) like, okay, take a second. You are loved. First of all, I would say you are loved. If you are on this earth right now and you are breathing, you are loved. You are meant to be here. Your presence on this earth is literally a gift. Like, isn't, isn't that crazy that your presence is a gift? Literally it's the answer is in the sentence and don't ever take that for granted. If you're breathing, that is, that is, that is a privilege. That is a huge blessing that not a lot of people get to have. People are dying every day from terminal illnesses and it's your choice right now, whether to give up your life or continue living and continue the fight. Like, come on, you have that choice. And why are you going to give it away? You have to, you have to fight the good fight. And if you're going through the turmoil, 
you should rise above the pain and turn your pain right now that is causing you to second guess your life. You should turn that into something positive and use that motivation, that hunger to create something so beautiful out of something so painful. You should use that to as your creative fuel. You're literally sitting in in your purpose right now. If you are in turmoil that is a sign that you need to make a change and you need to find your calling. I I really do believe that greatness comes from pulling and transforming your darkness. And um, if I, if they had gone through that trauma, I would say, dive into it. Don't, don't run away from it. Instead, face your fears. Don't forget everything and run. You need to face everything and rise. If you spell fear out that way. And, um, I would say, don't give up, like, don't give up. You have so many people that have been where you've been that have turned their life around. I could give you so many examples, you know, and Mm -hmm. maybe look, look for the light instead of the dark, keep your chin up instead of looking down. It's a scientific fact that if you actually continue to look up, if you look up, you can't really think of a negative thought is if you physically stare at the ceiling and you keep looking up, you cannot think of a negative thought. So that's why people tell you to keep your chin up. And I I would just ramble on and on and on and infuse this person <laughs> with all of this knowledge. I would not just keep it yes. to one little thing. I cuz that's a that's a serious topic, you yeah. know, that I've battled with, you mm-hmm. know, being Absolutely. suicidal. You have to tell people fight the good fight if you have a fight to fight that is great like you are diving into your purpose you are a breakthrough away from finding out who you are because you're already experiencing the dark you need to find the light and it's a balance between dark and light every single day so I would say you're halfway there keep going just keep swimming yes amen to that (laughs) you know what I'm saying I (laughs) didn't mean to take it to church girl I hear you (laughs) hello thank you Jesus Um, no you know I just I think you know the reason why I ask you know, I always, like I said, I always end our, our digital coffee dates like that because I think it's important. You never know who's going through what. Right. And, you know, if we can always end on a positive note and, you know, regardless of what it is, whether it's, you know, struggling to start that business or it's it's something as severe as any specific type of trauma, mm-hmm. you know, just having that 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 encouragement to say keep going yeah you know you will make it through Mm -hmm. and we are all testimonies of that yeah so that was that was some some good chunks of wisdom (laughs) rosen thank you thank you girl like is it sunday yeah right oh oh, we already know (laughs) well it was so amazing speaking with you today and i truly truly look forward to all the wonderful things you have ahead. And Rosen, I encourage you to keep shining that light. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. This is amazing, girl. We could go on for a whole other hour. I know, we really could, we really could. We might have to do a Rosen part two. Yes, (laughs) I'm so down, I'm all for it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Digital Coffee Date where inspiration ignites meaningful action. Be sure to visit thedigitalcoffeedate.com to sign up for your free membership where you can go beyond our digital coffee dates and discuss episode topics on our growing digital community. 